I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the Atwoods End Podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> no, it's not the same. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Like, it's so obviously not. <laughs> You're just uneducated. It's not that bad. I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwoods End Podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs, and this is episode 13, a podcast's worth a thousand words. I'm excited for this one, mostly because I've been working my butt off running the blueberry patch, which blueberry patching is no joke, and so I get to sit back and listen and I, I honestly have no idea really what we're covering today. I got a few brief questions and that's about it. So Kim, why don't you tell us, tell me and, and the rest of us what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, I'm so excited. So I've had this idea for a podcast episode since we first started recording or even first started talking about like making a podcast back in February. And this is really fun that we get to finally record this one. So we talk a lot on this podcast about words and the stories and kind of like the origins behind them. And it's something that I know you and I have always been interested in. And hopefully our listeners are too, because this episode is going to be like (laughs) that times a thousand. But before we get into some of the things I wanted to tell you about, I thought it would be fun if we told everyone a little about our podcast name and kind of where those words came from. Yes. And this is something that, you know, I'm very particular about the words I choose and, and how I use them and you know, really been wanting to tell everybody about this one. And I have been waiting because it needed a special episode. So I guess on the surface of it, it's a mood. It's our mood. You know, the the phrase, you know, <laughs> at what's every end. day of my life. <laughs> Today, especially. And it's it's funny how different <laughs> things can lead you to, to being at your wit's end. So yeah. the phrase originated in 1377, you know, way back when. And Essentially, it means to be puzzled, perplexed about something, usually hitting a point where you basically you just don't know what else to do. And when we were originally talking about, you know, podcast names, this one really resonated with us both because I think there's a sense of curiosity to learn about things. But the phrase also captured this this feeling of just trying to navigate life and, and not really knowing what we're doing or what will happen next, you know, like in our intro, what are we doing? Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we all, all feel that a little. And so it became a point that resonated with us, but was also something that we knew a lot of people would be feeling or could resonate with. Yeah, it was relatable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so as soon as we said that one, I think, like, I think as soon as we we were, like, we had a shared note because it was during the lockdown. And I remember we were just kind of putting different podcast names in and we could both see the other one like typing on our like little shared note and I remember that one came up and I was like yeah that's it there we don't need to do anymore but one thing that I've been asked by a couple of people is actually why we included the extra letter in wit so for a bit of background the original phrase at wit's end is spelled w-i-t as in like your mental faculties but w-h-i-t means a very small part or like amount of something so it's like similar to saying a bit or a drop and I think that for us spoke more to like the topics that we're touching on and how, you know, it's kind of just a little bit of everything. And 
it brings meaning part of that I guess finding finding a greater meaning in like the small stuff and like kind of using this podcast as a way to understand things ourselves as much as we're kind of creating these (laughs) with the hopes of people listening I think we're also kind of like working out our own conclusions I think too it's through these episodes yeah and it's very much like the the about us section is a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of funny Mm -hmm. a little bit of entertaining you know and it's the the small the the seemingly unimportant details that we try to give meaning to through this podcast and I think we both really connected with that idea of finding significance in the seemingly insignificant exactly and speaking of words that resonate do you have a favorite word or phrase oh okay so I have I have a couple in different languages and in English I love the word nefarious which for anybody who doesn't know what nefarious means, it's, it's wicked, villainous, despicable. And I know that sounds kind of off-brand, but I, when I read that word, when I hear that word, you know, it sends a chill through me because I'm like, yes, nefarious. It, it's such a good, like, um, onomatopoedia, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where <laughs> you, can, you can feel it. And I, I also think a, a good contender is um, ineffable, which is... Too, oh, I like that one. Too great to be expressed in words. And maybe my my tombstone, I'm changing it to hostess with the Moses to just ineffable. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, okay, what oh wait, oh and then in uh, in Polish, which is my my mother tongue, I guess, my my first language. How do you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your mother tongue. <laughs> my like, my first language works too. Yeah. My, I have two and, and the first one is Spaniatrek. Which basically means like like little smartass, but like something that you would you would say to like a little kid who's just oh my working their I'm way. I'm practicing that for like the next three weeks until <laughs> I can finally make my mouth make those sounds. And then the other one is kombinuyesh, which is what you would say to like a kid who's like trying to get out of trouble, you know. And a, a funny story kind of connected with this: my husband, when he was little, he'd punch his brother, and then when his parents would ask, "Did you punch Toby?" he would say, "No, he ran into my fist." And that is when you would apply both those words <laughs> to do something. So, so what about you? What, what words do you love or phrases? I don't know. I really struggled with this one. I could not come up with singular words that I really loved. Like, I guess similar to your nefarious, I, I like the word scandalous. Ooh. Like, I feel like that's that has a similar, like, you feel that There's a weight. Yeah. Yeah, I also like the word "raz," as in like to tease someone, oh, like stop okay. razzing me. Like I just think that one's fun. <laughs> but, but I wonder yeah, if there's, I, is there a connection to razzle, like raz? Probably not. But I interesting, the R A Z. I think it's yeah. It has the you can say it in past tense. It's like I don't even know if, honestly if razzing is a word, but I use it <laughs> often. <laughs> like a total aside but when I first started asking around about people's favorite words I you know I posted on Instagram and I mean my network contributed pretty much exclusively (laughs) rude words but yours yours included some nice ones which I will read a few of them now suspense serendipity whimsical peckish really actually peckish is a really good one i like peckish. that was my sister she'll she'll pop her head in sometimes at lunchtime she's like are you feeling peckish i'm feeling a little peckish 
I like the word peckish. It's a good one. I think it's funny. So yeah, anyways, those are some of the ones that people contributed. But when I was doing that, I started thinking about banned books and like the banning of words, which like, don't even get me started because it it makes me so mad when people talk about banning books. But I found something that I thought was pretty funny. So guess the number two most banned book of the last decade, according to the American Library Association. And for perspective, keep in mind that a book like the Hate's Tale, which, you know, is this dystopian world where women are basically enslaved and forced to rear children, ranks 30th on the list. So what do you think number two is? Okay, so you told me not to look this one up. And so then I was thinking of, like, the silliest books that I could think of. Is it Everybody Poops? No, it's... Damn it. Captain Captain Underpants. (laughs) Okay, side side story. I was a huge Captain Underpants fan. Oh my god, me too. Great four. I loved Captain Underpants. I wrote to Dave Pilkey and I sent him comics that we invented using Captain Underpants. And he wrote us back and I did all the original artwork for them too. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so... So I, like, I stuck a Captain Underpants sticker on my aunt's car window. Which, like, credit to her that she let me do that when I was... Like, I don't know, probably around the same age. I probably grade three or grade four. And yeah, it was there literally for like the next 10 years that she had that car. There was this little flying Captain Underpants sticker. Hold on, side, like, side, side story. <laughs> who knew? Who knew we had so many Captain Underpants? It's not even Captain show. Underpants. It's sticking things on cars. My dad was in um, import and export. And so uh, once in a while he had like stickers like made in Italy, made in China, made in Taiwan, you know, based on where certain merchandise was coming from and then he would affix those stickers on and we had a family friend who had just gotten a new mercedes and they were just you know the biggest pieces of shit about it so what did he do we were at a party he went and he affixed a made in china uh (laughs) sticker And then he, oh. and then there was like another being like not authentic replica, you know. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Apparently, it didn't come off really easily, but he just couldn't stop laughing about it. So, <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that's the... Okay, but why is Captain Underpants banned? That's so... For the Underpants? I don't know. Like, it's literally so wild to me because what is harmful about this kid's cartoon that talks about wedgies and talking toilets? But, like, <laughs> like I digress. Now, some words are actually... Aren't actually, like, banned, but they're, like, merely removed from dictionaries when they're no longer in common use anymore. So, typically, a dictionary won't actually delete these words, but obviously, if a word was in use at some point in history, then there's like this historical significance and importance to keeping it documented. A lot of words are moved to a separate section of the dictionary Mm -hmm. that I think, from my understanding, you have to buy different editions to get these lists, but they track obsolete words, either words that are historic now or like archaic words that are no longer frequently used in our day-to-day speech. It's interesting, there's actually like a pretty specific criteria that a word has to meet in order to fall into one of these categories. So it's not something that some guy writing the dictionary can just be like, yeah, I don't like this word anymore. So like, My girlfriend loved this word. It's out of here. (laughs) Say goodbye to your favorite word in the dictionary. (laughs) Yeah, like people being petty. (laughs) It's so basically, I think the criteria for a word to be considered obsolete today is that there has to be no recorded usage that anybody can find after 1930. So 
essentially almost a hundred years of it not being used in order for it to be deemed obsolete. I start working to bring the words back. Yeah, you just start writing blog posts Extinction. using nearly obsolete words. That's kind of cool, though. I would like, read that. Yeah, there's just one raging lexicographer who's like, oh, I'm just going to remove this work. Sorry, lexicographer? Wow. I think that... I think that's a, what they're called, I think. I love that. Okay, so if nefarious is your favorite word, is there a word you hate? Yeah, fucking kernel. For anybody who doesn't Ew. know how kernel is spelled, it's C-O-L-O. No, hold on. I can't even remember. It's just so dumb. It's C-O-L-O-N-E-L. Like a kernel of like the military. Like as in like a military. Yeah, yeah, what in the actual hell happened with... Like, that one is just... It, that, <laughs> it drives me bonkers, Kim. I I just... And you know what? As bonkers. A, <laughs> that should have been your favorite word. <laughs> but it's it's an honorable mention. It's not... It's, it doesn't... <laughs> I do it more to piss you off now than, than anything else. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Probably, probably Colonel because... As a kid who I was English took a little bit more time and I love English, but I was just like, okay, there's just no chance <laughs> with the word like kernel. There's just letters where there's not supposed to be letters. Why is there an L? How does that even, what accent would you have this, to say that with? You know, weird one. I feel like the thing is there's not a lot of words in the English language, at least that aren't pronounced like we have like silent letters and stuff but for the most part if you know you know what like which letters are sometimes silent it's mm-hmm. pretty phonetic based. but then sometimes but then, like kernel have... is not exactly right but then like, sometimes you'll have like bizarre. a ph versus an f and you know in other languages that i'm studying right now you know polish is one of the hardest languages to learn but at least you just read every single letter in the word and then you can you can sound your way through whereas english is like <laughs> i don't yeah. think so <laughs> you know um but yeah kernel is one that just drives me crazy from like a point of view of of just why and but as far as like a word that i just i don't like fester when something Ooh, yeah fester is another one that's like kind of gross yeah it's just like ugh. Yeah. So that's it. what about you? What what words are you are you hating on? <laughs> um, honestly, the first one that came to my mind is girl boss. And <laughs> I I think I think it's because like for starters, it's like so aggressively overused like that, you know, yeah. that millennial pink color that Yikes. like was everywhere in the mm-hmm. early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I feel about girl boss. Like it's just it's like oversaturated. But like I also just there's something that's so belittling about that term that it just like grinds on me. Cause like like if you look up the definition for girl in the like dictionary, yeah. it's defined as like a f- the first definition at least is the defined as a female from birth to adulthood, meaning like a child, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that combined with that we even have to, like, gender the term boss. Like, can you imagine if you're, like, you're such a boy boss? Like, you just wouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think of it like that. I'm mad. Yeah, that's not... Yeah, like, why do we have to gender the term boss? Anyways, that one really rubs me the wrong way. And, like, I know I'm, like, to some extent just, like, overthinking it. But I can't help it. I'm not a fan. But also panties. Because only creepy people say panties. (laughs) That's a- yeah that one just oh it just makes me cringe that panties. anyone like serious anyone saying panties in like a serious way is you're creepy i wonder if, sorry, that, if that comes say. from the french or the italian of like pantalone or like pantalon meaning well, like, like even british people call underwear pants 
Yeah. I'm assuming, but there's just something panties. <laughs> like, oh, it just creeps me Actually, out. You know what? Going back to your, I'm still mad about this girl boss thing. Like, I didn't even, I would have never thought about, you never call somebody a boy boss because apparently they're just a boss and they, we don't boss. need to differentiate them as a girl, but that's, okay, so... I, I was listening to a podcast about words, actually, and one of the things that really stuck with me is that when people are all, you know, upset about changing language, especially when it comes to pronouns and you have huffy and puffy people everywhere. So, fun fact for everybody, when we used to refer to a singular person, so if I was referring to you, Kim, then actually mm-hmm. before a certain time, it was thou, and you, you was right. actually like a non-gendered, more polite way of saying things. And we all made the transition from thou. You want to talk about an obsolete word? It's thou. Okay. And we moved from thou to you. So it's like learn your language history before you're, you're shitting bricks about, you know, having to, to do something for someone that, that is important to them. And, you know, like, yeah, thou mm-hmm. art an idiot. Is, is all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay, so with all these words that have done people clearly, like, we're passionate about some of these things, and language has such an ability to influence, you know, the way we think and feel. Sometimes I wonder if the rise of things like emojis and text language, you know, shortening things, do you think our vocabulary... Oh my god, <laughs> speaking of vocabulary... <laughs> our vocabularies are shrinking because of it like what are your thoughts on that hmm so i mean yes and no i think vocabulary is one of those things that is forever changing and if you try to be a stiff about that then great great grandpa you're going to be get left behind because there's a lot of what we're taught in school or, or the english vocabulary is apparently like a middle class white person's vocabulary of english mm-hmm but from like cultural aspects and just from different areas and you know if somebody for example from Kim is from Pickering Ontario and I'm currently living in Waterloo if you brought two kids from high schools from both cities together I don't know if they'd understand each other because just between the slang between the way that they speak and the cadence it's very different so I think Mm -hmm. there is less of an effort to continue to expand. There is a lot of laziness, but is that laziness or is that just the evolution of the vocabularies of today? Can you be well-spoken and use specific words or, you know, where where is that kind of line between somebody who is well-spoken and somebody who uses the word very a lot or swears a lot or has a limited mm-hmm. amount of like bro words that they <laughs> continuously are touching back what do you think about that like what are your thoughts yeah that actually think about like we deemed that some of these words are better than others yeah. like if if you know 10 words but half of them are swear words and i know 10 words but they're not swear words it doesn't mean i have a more extensive vocabulary <laughs> than you're you. an it ass we have a different vocabulary yeah i honestly don't know the answer to this it was just something that i kind of started thinking about so I was looking through all these old words that hadn't been used before, hadn't been used in you know the last couple centuries and things like that and I did a bunch of googling just to see if there had been any studies on whether our vocabularies were ah okay you know, shrinking okay. Mm-hmm. there wasn't at least oh. none that I could find that had anything concrete I kind of agree with you like I don't necessarily think it's that 
our words are shrinking. I think it's more that certain words aren't used as often, but I also think because of the internet, new words and terms are being created yeah. so quickly now and are much more widely spread because of things like the internet. Like I think of that chuggy that people are using to describe millennials doing cringy things. Yeah, even the word cringe. <laughs> yeah, even cringe, I think, is a good example of one that we've repurposed. It has exactly. a whole new layer of meaning to it that it, it's evolved into this new thing. So whether we're using less words or repurposing words, I don't think it means that it's shrinking. But I feel that's the thing that, you know, you would get a lot of older generations being like, kids these days don't know how to, yeah. like, talk. I think there's something to be said, the formal writing and I, is, like, becoming a bit of a lost art in right. a sense but it doesn't mean that that's not a change that's just in inevitably happening things spread so quickly that you're getting a slang term in the uk that may never have made it to canada right 50 years ago that because of you know a viral tiktok video is now being used everywhere in toronto it's almost making language more universal oh that's interesting well the english language at least more universal well yeah yeah did you know that the i didn't know this but when i was doing research for this podcast that english is like the language of the sky like all pilots need to know english <gasps> i didn't know that yeah wow. i still have aspirations of getting my pilot's license so good thing i can well, already speak english yeah. <laughs> okay well so i have two kind of thoughts coming out of this so the first one is much of language is is like cursive do you think that cursive is truly obsolete because cursive is no longer taught in schools however you ask a 17 year old mm -hmm. to sign their name and it's it's the ugliest thing that you've ever seen like is this the death of beautiful signatures because we've determined that cursive is no longer required and that everybody's ugly ass printing is good enough yeah i mean i think it is i think the fact that everything's so like digital now it's like a it's a higher priority and it, like, it's kind of sad but like it's a higher priority to get kids to learn how to like type and stuff than it is for them to learn the cursive alphabet i know at least for me we made it to the end i think like we were fully taught cursive yeah but it I was love a couple cursive. years after us that they started cutting out it is yeah it's sad i think that's also why there's such a fascination with like calligraphy these right? days because and like people you know it, because now cursive is an art not that calligraphy and cursive are, are different things um, yeah if any know, if we have any calligraphers they're gonna be like um actually <laughs> yes it is much more art driven than you know cursive writing is but i think that that beautiful handwritten look is something that is for sure dying yeah, I mean, at least it's it's funding a lot of freelancers' lives because I know quite a few <laughs> calligraphers <laughs> that are like, no, don't learn how to do this yourself. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. But then this leads me into this other kind of point or, or just thought that words have or can have a much shorter life. And I think of... Uh, <laughs> something being on fleek do you remember that that was roughly oh my god that just like unlocked a memory in my yeah, brain 2000 what 14 maybe where where you know your brows were on fleek or your outfit was on fleek who the hell even knows where fleek came from but it came and went so quickly you know along with that yeah. super scary brow like i think brows <laughs> <laughs> have really evolved too like we're, we're still doing what we were doing but just a little bit better they're not as like crazy as they were a couple years back yeah there's a lot of words that i can think of that you know we were using for a hot second and then how was mm -hmm. it before that longevity is it because of the internet do you think that we have longevity or we have that not longevity <laughs> you know what i mean i wonder i wonder if it's that or even that it's just 
were we not aware of slang? Like, because, you know, there's words that make it into the dictionary and there's words that I guess don't. And maybe the longevity has something to do with which words actually make it into the dictionary. Yeah, but there has to be like I a also, usage. You have to be able to prove when it started, how often that it's it's relevant. Right. And so I'm wondering if we still had the same like frequency of, of slang language that kind of developed and developed in certain regions and towns. And it happened in, say, the 1920s and 1930s, yeah. but we just didn't see it as much or because we weren't living in that time, we just don't know how common that actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah 100%. Because like you talk to an old person, they're whipping out words and you're like, okay. So I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, what words are we going to bring into our 80s with us? I'm, I'm so curious you know, to be you made know, fun like, of. Oh my God, Maggie, your, your walker's on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tilo's going to be rolling his eyes because we know that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, that's actually the perfect segue into our next little segment, which is a game for Ooh. you that I have prepared, which is guess the word meaning. So okay. basically <laughs> I've I've scoured through I have this book called I Never Knew There Was a Word for It by Adam Jacob de Oh my god, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> I'm gonna butcher this so bad. Adam Jacob de Boinal Boinaud. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, we're just gonna link it in the show notes, everybody. Because... It's okay. I have my. I, I boast of my language capabilities, and then as soon as I have to read a name on the show, I'm like, <laughs> no. Basically, a book of just tons of different words from like different languages, and some that have just become obsolete old slang terms and things like that. Okay, cool, cool, um, cool, 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 cool. I'm, and, ready, I'm ready. Yeah, so I've pulled some of my favorites, and I'm going to read them to you, and you have to give me a guess at what you think the definition is. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> the first one is a late 17th century term, marriage music. Uh, marriage music. So that's obviously most definitely what the parents <laughs> of um, poor arranged marriage, the girl's parents who <laughs> are arranging her marriage, that it's her dowry. Actually, I changed my answer. <laughs> a song. Okay, so close. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't actually mean a song. I was laughing at you saying that oh. that's her dowry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The actual definition is the crying of children because it's what comes after marriage. And I thought I thought that would be a fun one to start off with for you. Because my baby cries. <laughs> Actually, we have a, we have an what, angel baby. What comes after marriage? I know you do have an angel baby, but it is what came after marriage, so. <laughs> Screams. <laughs> Screams. Second term, uh, American term from the 1920s, couch cootie. <sighs> Okay, um, uh, so couch, also pronounced couch, um, can you spell cootie for me, please? C-O-O-T-I-E, as in like, ew, he's got cooties. Okay, I feel like you, by telling me that, I feel like you're trying to throw me off. (laughs) Is it the dust that everyone was afraid was going to get on their couches and that's why they plastic wrapped their couches through the 1940s and 50s? That's actually a good guess, but no. Oh. <laughs> um, a couch cootie was a poor or miserly old man, or man in general, oh. who prefers to court a woman in his own house rather than pay to take her out on the town. <laughs> at, at, at this person. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, a posy walla. Oh, it's God. Sl- slang from 1914. 
What country? It didn't say. I'm going to say the U.S. Okay, can you spell it for me? P-O-Z-Z-Y-W-A-L-L-A-H. Walla, I feel like it's going to be connected to wallow, which means being down on your luck. Is it somebody who just lost a bet? Final answer. <laughs> it is a man who is fond of jam. Fuck. <laughs> Kim, this is not a game. This is me losing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't realize how fast this would spiral into you, like, not winning. <laughs> Was there ever a chance okay. that I'd be like, yeah, definitely a man who loves his confectionery? No, I, I didn't think you'd actually get any of these. I just wanted you to guess. Three more. Good. Next one. A UK term, a butler's perk. Ooh, um, a butler's perk. Perk being good. Is it his his little room in the in the big house? Honestly, like not not a bad guess. It's an open but unfinished bottle of wine. Fuck me. This is oh, I get it. Right, because like the butler ah. gets to finish it. Yeah, I'm gonna just start being like perk. <laughs> Yeah, every, every time there's an unfinished drink, I'm going to come over to your house and every time there's an unfinished drink, I'm going to be like, mm, butler's perk. <laughs> I still have until next March until I can actually partake in, in perks in a way that <laughs> is worth it. Okay, next one. Groke. And this is a word that actually is like still, it's still in the dictionary right now. Uh, G-R-O-A-K? Yes. Groke, fr- coming from obviously the French for grocaca. Um, <laughs> groke, groke. Okay, if grovel means to groke, gr, grow, you're doing something, it's an action, I think. It is an action. To gr- I can give you that. It's a verb. <sighs> okay, uh, I'm, why am I sweating? This is. This is just- <laughs> I don't like losing Kim, and I feel- <laughs> I know. I didn't think this through, but it's made it so much more entertaining. <sighs> okay, groke. To groke is is to, to ask your mom for money. No. <laughs> but it is to stare at someone while they're eating in the hopes that they'll share your food. Oh. <laughs> I had to just, like, stop eating disgusting because I feel like I would groke a lot then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess grovel. I should have gone with the grovel route because that w- they're fairly yeah, similar. Yeah, that's Damn basically it. what it is. It's like trying to mooch someone's food by just staring at them until they're so uncomfortable that they have to mm. give you some. I don't know why that's making me feel like I need french fries. I'm going to see if I can get french fries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final word. Scurry funge. Okay, spell funge. It's one word. S-C-U-R-R-Y-F-U-N-G-E. Scurry funge. Scurry funge would be... Uh, scurry funge. Scurry funge, you're running. You're mm-hmm. getting away. You. What are you getting away from? Not your mother-in-law. Not your doctor. You're scurry. Scurry funge. You're uh, running away from suitors who are at your door. Honestly, very close. It's a hasty tidying of your house between the time you see a neighbor and the time she knocks on your door. (laughs) (laughs) No no, no neighbors coming over to my house. (laughs) Okay. Why funge, though? What does funge mean? I don't. I don't know. uh, um, There's... I have no hope at this. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I made them very difficult. I just picked ones that were fun to say. Scurry fund. Okay. I will. Yeah. Do you I know an, an eggshell, unrelated, but an eggshell blonde was a bald man? <laughs> <laughs> that one also made me laugh. <laughs> I feel like I may use that inappropriately. I don't know. Oh, that's a little dangerous one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would like that yeah, one, but I didn't cute. want to include it. I feel like um, I would have maybe gotten that one, maybe put it. Yeah, I I purposely made them like very hard. That's fine. I can handle it. And that brings us to our final section, the philomath section. We are going to be talking about the story of fake dictionary entries. Shut the fuck up! There's such a thing. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So this one kind of ties back to our episode on copywriting and branding with Alessia, actually. But first, we have to go back to 1975 and visit page 1850 of the New Columbia Encyclopedia. So in it, you'll find a brief... What are you laughing at? I'm just, like, excited to be going on this voyage. (laughs) This is right up my alley of how I like to be entertained. (laughs) In it... You'll find a brief description of Lillian Virginia Mountweasel. She was an American fountain designer turned photographer born in Ohio in 1942. Wait, 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 wait. Her last name is Weasel? Mountweasel. Okay, you know what? We need to do the Power of the Name podcast episode because I feel if she has any weasel-like qualities, well, there you go. It's right in the name. Right. Exactly. It's like when, you know, when people's last names are Smith and it's because their families were blacksmiths or something back in the day. Miller. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I think that's a yes. Um, so anyways, according to the encyclopedia, Lillian was awarded a number of government grants to photograph some really interesting subject matter, which included mailboxes and city buses. A fascinating. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Lillian was known as something of a rising talent around the world. You know, she was kind of getting noticed in galleries and things like that until her tragic death at the age of 31 when an accidental explosion took her life while she was on location shooting for Combustibles magazine. Oh, okay. So now you might be there. thinking, <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in Lillian Mountweasel's life, but you might be thinking, I've never heard of Lillian Mountweasel before, and you wouldn't be the only one. In fact, no one has because Lillian Mountweasel never existed, and the only place you'll find her is within the pages of the new Columbia Encyclopedia, protecting the document from potential plagiarism. Because you can't copyright something that's a fact, it's notoriously difficult to claim ownership over something like a dictionary, and as a result, publishers began including false entries as a way of watching for reproductions of their publications. Another example of this is in 2005, the new Oxford American Dictionary included the word esquivalence, a made-up word meaning the willful avoidance of one's official responsibilities. According to a New Yorker article from 2005, it took an independent investigator personally sifting through the dictionary's 3,128 E entries, eliminating all the obviously real ones, sending the remaining 360 to nine lexicographical professionals and six other experts to study things like word stress patterns and basically determine which one was the fake. It even showed up on dictionary.com, which brought a bit of criticism to their fact-checking practices or lack thereof. And it's crazy. My mouth and- is literally in, <laughs> I am colon 
capital O. What? That is yeah. so, so... Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, go... What? Right. So, so that, the film I was talking about for today, but it's crazy and something I've never really thought of before in terms of protecting the work of publishers that produce these kind of fact-based documents like dictionaries and encyclopedias and stuff. And in my, you know, rabbit hole that I was going down of fake entries, I actually also learned that cartographers, so people that make maps, do the same thing with fake towns and hamlets that they mark on maps, and they're called paper towns, which is also a book by John Green of the same name. Wow! Like Yeah, so... You'll wait, get wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I wonder how rare, sorry. Just, okay, now I want to get a map and, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so I don't, don't know how, I don't know the frequency of, like, how many, you know, people do that, but I do know that when I was researching, I was reading that one map of, I believe it was the state of New York, had uh-huh. Hamlet marked on it that didn't exist until someone opened a general store with that town's name on it and so now it's actually an official little subdivision in upstate new york somewhere but it was just a way of the map maker copywriting their work that is so clever fascinating yeah just so like i was i've telling i've been telling like all my like family like everyone who doesn't listen to this podcast that i could make listen to me has heard about fake dictionary entries goes to knock on the neighbor's door hi yeah. hi i have a story for you hold on i just i don't uh, even know what implications this has i need to okay so i have i collect books and i collect maps so i'm gonna go i'm gonna be digging through yeah you have to find some like paper towns and fake entries there's also instances of actual dictionaries making like mistakes in their printing. So in the 1930s, the word "dord," oh, like as in D-O-R-D, mm-hmm. "dord," appeared in the New International Dictionary because someone sent a memo that said capital D space or space lowercase d is something that could abbreviate density. So it was supposed to say capital D or D could oh, abbreviate density. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. But okay. someone read it as Dord. Dord means density, chemistry, or something like that. And it was included in the dictionary and it wasn't noticed for years. They're called ghost words. Oh so, like, there was gosh. just this random word that wasn't actually a word and it took someone being like, wait, I don't understand, I guess, the origins, the way it was, like, spelled. A lot of people that are professionals at, like, understanding this is just, word this is origins. Just hitting me, like, Kim, right at the end of my gin and, I gin and, gin, gin, gin and cocktail. What the hell am I trying to say? G&T. <laughs> gin and tonic. <laughs> oh, right. my gosh. I, okay. I, so great. <laughs> You were like me when I was doing this research and I was like, I, you know me, I'm in bed by like 10 o'clock at the latest every night. And I was like, literally like in my living room, frantically typing and my brother walked past me at like, it was like 1130 and he was like, whoa, what are you doing up? And I was like, you don't know what I've just learned. I don't know how I, I, oh my gosh, I think it's like finding out your parents are people and you're like, oh my gosh. This is just like <laughs> the dictionary is the highest yeah. regard of. Actually, you know what? So little little. I'm I'm still I'm still colon, capital O about this. But this this <laughs> reading the dictionary. So uh, my my supervising professor who I did my masters with, he can speak like a, a few languages. And one of the things that he suggested while I'm you know in the, in in progress of learning you know French, German, and Italian, 
and that's it i think right now yeah and what he suggested he said get a dictionary and read that dictionary from front to back a couple times they have rules of like grammar usually in the back somewhere Mm-hmm. But sometimes, for whatever reason, doing that a couple of times really helps you. And I was like, reading the dictionary? I, lo- I would love to do that. I was really into spelling bees for a little bit. And <laughs> oh my God, so was I. <laughs> we need little, so little heart uh, best friend necklaces <laughs> that come apart and you get best, I get friends. <laughs> oh my God. Straight out of 2006. But there's like dashes between like a spelling bee. Yeah. E S T. F-R-I-E-N-D. You should, you should see me when someone's like, how do you spell this? And I say the word and then I spell it out and then I do my little thing that I would do during the spelling bee. I remember I would just like, I had like a newspaper clipping of words that were used in a spelling bee in my desk drawer in my bedroom <laughs> when I was a kid because I was, I could win this. Like, give um, me a spelling Aquila bee. Aquila and the bee had such an impact on me. <laughs> Kim, if I watch that movie now, I literally cry from start to finish just from being so empowered and so beautiful and just so thought-provoking and actually in that movie so empowered (laughs) it's a beautiful movie i just Lawrence fishburne is in it and it's just i i love the i love the way they talk about language and i love how she gives him sass because he's like you're not speaking correctly and then she whips out like hey guess what new new words are added to the dictionary every year and this particular word was added in in this year so ha huh. and I was like yes and that's probably the inspiration for where I have this kind of looser view on vocabulary where yeah it should be evolving it should be cha- wow okay there's a lot going on <laughs> I'm just having a moment I don't think I'm even talking into the mic I'm just like staring out the window being like just wait till I get out of here <laughs> start pouring over my maps okay wait wait wait. you know what would be such a cute present for me if anybody would want it is is <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to send something to our PO box, send us a dictionary with with the fake words highlighted. That would be so wow. Yeah, I'm gonna start writing yeah, dictionary companies. <laughs> Being like, yeah, I'm so I'm so curious, and I'm also curious how. So this example of the esquivalence yeah. in the new Oxford American Dictionary, it took so much work for people to even determine which word was fake yeah. because they made it look real. They clearly don't want people to know true true okay so they're not telling it to me okay well like i just think i guess if you know which one's the fake then when you're reprinting it you would just remove that word so there's a certain like importance on making it as believable as possible while still being fake enough that it's your own creative work and therefore you can copyright it okay but so like hold on, hold on. now this is t- okay, they must so- have to change it every time if someone figures it out they must have to change the word oh, what a fun or like job the- okay so i've i've updated my funnest jobs crayola crayon color namer is up there second would be okay. fake word dictionary creator and and now a departure off this i thought of, about this so do you know about baking that because baking is like a science there is We need to ask maybe Alessia about this or somebody who knows, but apparently it's very hard to get copyright or any kind of um, intellectual property protection over baking recipes because there are only a certain amount of ways that you can make something, right? If you're using like butter, sugar, chocolate chip cookies, flour, egg, you know. Now in, you know, Q, Courtney, 
uh, Dr. Courtney Clayson Russell, who we had during our baked, um, the Well Baked Box podcast, right? They do incredible things with, you know, different ingredients that the the lay person maybe not have access to or don't even understand, you know, to make them gluten-free, dairy-free and naturally sweetened and everything. But I wonder if for some of these recipes, if they're like, oh, you could add this, you know, how do they, if there's a sneaky way of protecting your, your baking recipes so that people don't copy them or that you have some sort of protection over it you, you know in friends when phoebe has her grandma's super secret recipe and it's the one on the back of like the cookie box or yeah whatever. the toast <laughs> box yeah. that ma- makes me think of like you know how like every cooking or baking blog has like nine paragraphs at the beginning that are like my husband clyde loves this dish we make it every wednesday <laughs> when and i was like, traveling in barcelona is this, is this just your like sneaky way of copywriting it by telling me why your like seven kids love this dish oh. and just and you'll just scroll no, 800 just... 800 scrolls just to get to the recipe at the bottom of the page because there's this like whole like monologue at the beginning i feel like that's just a blogger thing but yeah like, i was gonna say I, when i i can't help but to be like uh, the crisp fall air brings in the feelings of being roasty, toasty, and cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I also like words. Yeah, I'm very big into words that if they can elicit a feeling of that action or have some sort of really strong emotional response. I also don't like the word fat. I, I, I want to throw that in. I think mm-hmm. that's a word that we don't need. I just unless it's spelled P H A T, I don't want to see it. As in an adjective or as in as a noun? As Did you say unless it's spelled P H A T? Yeah, <laughs> that's the only appropriate way. <laughs> Baby fat. <laughs> yeah, no. In in the sense of like an adjective, like describing something as especially in regards to like people. Like fine, if you want to say you got a fat check, that's great. But you know, in regards to yeah. using that as a descriptive word, I, I think that's that's horrible. Mm-hmm. I uh, also, when I was like trying to come up with the words that I hate, which for some reason were ended up being way easier than words that I love, I was I was at my cottage with a couple friends and I was asking them like what words did they hate, mm-hmm. and two two that I liked that they came up with were both I guess pandemic related but one of them hates the word jab like when someone's like got my jab today when they're talking about the vaccine (laughs) instead of just being like I got vaccinated (laughs) I like I like I vaxxed v-a-x-x-x-x-x-x-e-d is is yes yeah I I like that better yeah and the other my other friend uh said she hated the word unprecedented after the last like two years the true 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 true. okay nothing needs to be unprecedented ever again that's that's 100 percent fair because yeah okay okay i definitely agree in regards to the context of the unprecedented events blah, yes blah, blah. yeah yeah we're in this together yeah yeah, disgusting. yeah we're in yeah. unprecedented times yeah watch me never use the word mask when this is all done hell no nah, i'm gonna use every oh kind God. of <laughs> synonym <laughs> available yeah you know english is dumb synonym fuck. synonym and synonym why get out of here get, just get out of here out <laughs> the door is that way but, oh, Kim, I forgot <laughs> to tell you. Hold on. I, I had something that I was going to tell you on the podcast. And I want to hear your live response. Completely unrelated to everything. But as I mentioned before, we are running the family's blueberry patch right now or helping run it. And we we don't use any kind of spraying on, on our patch. And so it's very natural. And therefore, we have a lot of insects around. Guess what insect flies? I don't know. I don't want to know. Are you ready to never what sleep it? again? It's a fucking earwig. Earwigs fly, everybody. Ew. Ew is ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Ew. Yep. 
at what point in their lifespan? I don't know. I've they can just do it. Flying. Yeah, I know. Just watch an earwig long enough and you'll see it happen. We've seen it happen and I can I can just shoot off the ground six feet and Ew. just... No. Yep. Earwigs are already so gross. <laughs> I have a phobia of putting my hands into dishwashing gloves. Like, you know, the rubber gloves that you wear when you wash dishes if the water's really hot? <laughs> because one time when I was a kid, I put my hand in one and there was an earwig in one of the fingers because it's like a damp, I guess, like, you know, it's by the kitchen sink. Yeah. And now I like literally like I look crazy when I'm putting them on because I'm like sticking my head in it and like looking... <laughs> down to see if there's an earwig in that. Wait, I changed my, my least favorite word to earwig. That's gross. Isn't aren't earwigs called earwigs because they used to hide in people's like wigs back in the day and then when they put them on their head they'd be like jumping out? Or I don't know if that's true or not. Um so ear creature it was Ew, more ear no, my least favorite word is ear creature. <laughs> It was when people were sleeping that they would that they would get in there. Yeah. Okay. I I feel like this has taken a turn. (laughs) Yeah. No. His favorite word is ear creature, and I never want to hear it again. That's fair. So I think that brings us to the end of our our very off-topic side 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 story podcast for today. So that was that was episode thirteen. A podcast's worth a thousand words. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can follow us at at Wits End Podcast. That's at A-T-W-H-I-T-S-E-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review, nothing less, and uh, tell us what your favorite word is in your review. Yeah, and feel free to write a thousand words worth of, of a review. Just just push Apple to its limits, you know? Just yeah. <laughs> we all appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye-bye now. Bye.